Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC, offering a broad range of cardiac and vascular treatments in our community. More information is available at upmc.com slash centralpaheart. Today is the last day of Black History Month, but Crispus Attic centers across the country and within our region are aiming to carry the patriotic hero's legacy forward throughout the entire year. Crispus Attucks was an American whaler and sailor who is traditionally regarded as the first person killed in the Boston Massacre and, as a result, the first American killed in the American Revolution. Barry Freeland, director of the Crispus Attic Center for Employment and Training, Greg Smith and Jeff Kirkland, who are a part of the Crispus Attic Center's programs, join us to tell us about Crispus Attic's life and legacy. Barry, Greg, and Jeff, thank you all so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thank you. So, Jeff, talk to me a little bit about Crispus Attic's early life. Okay. Crispus Attic's, he was um, originally a slave. He was a mulatto. He was part African, part Indian. He was um, a slave for one of the Boston elite up there in, Bo- in Framington, Massachusetts. He at one time was a runaway, but l- unlike many other slaves, he returned to his slave master and became a trusted and faithful servant. He was trusted to the, he was trusted to the point where he was allowed to undertake commerce in his own, being able to buy and sell cattle on his own to where he was able to accumulate a few resources. And on, um, I don't know if you want me to go into the part about him being involved with the Boston Massacre. With, as you mentioned earlier, he was one of the first Americans killed during that war. Yes. That happened on the occasion of what they call the Boston Massacre. Many of you might be familiar with what they had at Boston Tea Party, where the citizens of this country were trying to best to overthrow the government of the, the um, British government that was um, really t- being no too tough on them, they thought. But as they did that, uh, and attacked those ships in the Boston Harbor, what, what became known as the Boston Tea Party, the tensions really arose more between uh, revolutionaries and the red redcoats they called the British soldiers. And um, they decided to retreat the soldiers to their barracks. And the citizenry waited over the weekend to about a Monday and decided they was going to attack those barracks. And when they did, a full-fledged uh, fight went on, and uh, Mr. Uh, Crispus Attucks, I didn't say Mr., but Crispus Attucks led a group of sailors. He was also a sailor. He led a group of sailors in um, in that fight, and as he tried to wrestle the gun away from one of the the um, British soldiers, uh, they the other soldiers opened fire and killed him, two other men. Uh, they mentioned their names, Mr. Samuel Gray and James Caldwell and all. But Crispus Attucks said during those times, even though many of his people were enslaved, he was still willing to fight for the ideals of the country, which was freedom. And on many people talked about his bravery and his courage and his commitment to others, you know, in their community. And he became a legend, you know, through that bravery and courage. So, Jeff, talk to me a little bit about the Crispus Attic Centers that are across the country and across our region. Yeah. 
What's okay, the goal well, there? Well, in Christmas Attics of York, it, it uh, originated in the 19, early 1930s, 1933, I think. Two men, Dr. George Bowles, he was the first African-American doctor in this community. Many of the communities up north were under transition at this time because uh, it was during the time of the, what they called the Great Migration. And many people were coming from the south, the ex-slaves, to find opportunity in the north. And uh, they were looking for a person, Dr. Bowles, and it was another uh, partner of his, uh, Reverend Thomas Mottu. They decided to form an organization. They were running a small organization called the Community House for Colored People. And Christmas Addicts was based on that. They wanted to form an organization that would have a good impact on the York community, on the African-American community, on uplifting the community, and forming character. When he built it, he called it a character-building organization. And when he was talking, he wasn't just talking about the character of individuals. He was talking about the character of the entire community. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to do some type of way, some type of organization that would have a positive impact on the uplift of York's African-American community. The Crispus Addis Community Center has a lot of history, which you just mentioned. When the center was established, there were... uh, there were so many different buildings that the Christmas Attic Center was housed in. I believe th- there were three. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to me a little bit about those? Yeah, yeah. Um, Christmas Attics, you know, it did, they did get help from many of the citizens, even white, the white citizens of that community, um, were able to supply them with resources. And one of those, the first one was a building. That building that they opened in 1933 was originally the York Hospital. And York and the hospital board uh, were very generous, and they gave that building to Christmas Attics to um, open up that first community center. That building lasted to probably 1944. I think it was a big fire there and burned part of that. And they were able to acquire an old church up on East Maple Street through the um, graciousness of the parishioners of the St. Lutheran, I think it was St. Lutheran Church up on um, East Market Street, uh, East, East Maple Street. And they stayed there, I think, until 79. That building on East Maple Street is etched in many of our memories. Many of us came up, we were children, and coming up through those programs and all, we'll never forget the upstairs gym, for instance, that they had in that place and the activity rooms and all like that. Like I say, they were etched in our minds and became part of our lives. And we, they eventually um, gained enough resources and the population grew. And in 1979, they moved to the current building, which is a, a magnificent building, what we call an, a testament to excellence. If you walk in that building, you could almost eat off the floors. I mean, it's cleanliness in the building, the order in the building, and the programs that are running. You, you'd never think that there's that many people being serviced and running in that building the way how orderly it is, but it's a magnificent building. Jeff, Barry shared with me that you are referred to as the unofficial historian <laughs> of the Christmas <laughs> Addicts Community Center in York. Yeah. Because you were around when the center was first established. Yeah. So what was going on in York during that time? Yeah, it, w- it was under change, you know. Um, I, I, I wasn't there when um, it f- first established, the first one <laughs> in 33. <laughs> well, the other building. Uh, yeah, 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 the other one. I, I worked there in 72. I'm, I'm, um, I'm uh, what, 73 years old now and all like that. So I was around. I was a youngster there in 72. And I worked at their uh, early building in 73. I was a... Uh, um, director of a school age, what they call a school age daycare program, mm. you know, and um, it's very happy to have participated and contributed my efforts to that. My heroes, people that came up through that building, Dr. Bowles, Miss Helen Thaxon, she was one of the original teachers there. She was, she taught and worked at that program for almost 12 years with no pay. She worked there and many other people contributed their time for that. Helen Thaxon's father was 
what they called an oyster oyster uh, salesman. And he gained, he earned so enough money that he was able to give Helen and her other two sisters uh, their own home before they left home and all. So they weren't really a needy people and all like that. So she was able to contribute her wealth and her um, knowledge to the uplifting of the young ladies and the guys at that program. Barry, one of the goals of the Crispus Attucks Community Center in York is to address the concerns and challenges within urban communities. So talk to me a little bit about some of the concerns and challenges within those areas today and how uh, the center is working to address those. Good. Yeah. Um, one area of concern was health care. Historically, we know in urban centers, access to quality health care has always been a challenge. Crispus Addicts reached out to the York Hospital, now known as Wellspan, and uh, developed a partnership that established the Loretta Claiborne Health Center. Loretta Claiborne, I don't know if you're aware, is one of the top Special Olympians mm -hmm. in the nation. So we named that facility after her, and we moved it right into our neighborhood, okay, so our people could walk to get health care adequate health care, affordable health care. So that was just one component. Then we realized we had a need. Our public education system was not necessarily conducive to a lot of young people. They were getting in trouble and had all kind of social emotional ills. So we developed the Crispus Addicts Youth Build Charter School which we currently have housed there today. And it gives kids basically a second opportunity to get it right from the academic standpoint. It has a con construction theme with it, so we want them to leave out of there on a career pathway, may hopefully into a construction field. Uh, we have an active living center where we uh, provide services and meals for a lot of our elderly seniors who may not necessarily have access to those kinds of nutritional meals and and opportunities to to gather together. So we have that program. We have a Center for Employment and Training that Mr. Smith here is the program manager of, and I'm sure he can share a lot more about that. So Christmas Addicts wants to be uh, have a holistic approach to addressing the needs of the immediate community. Yeah, and Barry, you were one of the people that received some resources and help from uh, the programs that Crispus Attucks uh, Community Center has provided, I know, since a young boy. Yes. Uh, as Jeff alluded to earlier, I lived on the east end of town. Uh, back then, walking five blocks was monumental. <laughs> uh, but Crispus Attucks where all people of color could come from the north, east, west, and south side of town, and we would meet there. And that's when we really had a unified African-American community. The churches were involved. So as a young man, I was able to participate in the programs up there. It was more than just athletics. It was character building, all kinds of other opportunities to get exposed to other areas of the county. So Crispus Addicts afforded me a real grounding, a real opportunity. Greg, talk to me a little bit about your connection to the Crispus Addicts Community Center in York. Uh, just like uh, Barry alluded to, as far as my growing up in York, I was on the west side of town. So like you said, we kind of uh, 
went to uh, Christmas Addicts was more in the south side of town, but everybody congregated there to just have fun, enjoy each other's company. Um, Christmas Addicts, as far as uh, my upbringing, it's always will remember that. I, when I left York and came back, Christmas Addicts was one of the first uh, locations that I kind of looked out to to try to get more uh, employment and understanding that I wanted to give back to the community because of what Christmas Addicts has done over the past years and I just wanted to be able to give back and I know that Christmas Addicts has grown. It's like four, it's a campus and and it's, it's amazing how it has gone from that church and down the street to another location to really have grown and so I just want to be a part of giving back to that. Jeff, you are, or you were a part of the Second Career Service Entrepreneurial Project. Uh, talk to me about your passion for photography and how that program helped you, to, your passion to bloom into a yeah. business. Okay, before I do, I'd like to say something because Barry mentioned several of the areas that Christmas Addicts is active in education, health, employment, and training. One of the primary uh, areas was housing also. That's what separates Christmas Addicts from many other Christmas Addicts across the country. Their multifaceted approach to problems in our community and all. And Barry's absolutely right. I came up to his program, the, the um, Senior Employment Services Program, and they uh, enabled me to begin a business of um, photography. I was a budding photographer anyway and a historian and liked to uh, do things with that. And they allowed me the ability to get an actual business, a LLC, a license, and, and the equipment I needed to begin a business and maintain a business there. So it was very helpful. And that was later on in life. It was a senior employment program. That was after I retired from many other um, um, careers and many other jobs and all like that. It's a wonderful program. They have their employment and training program not only address the senior issues, but they, it goes from teenagers on up. They have several different programs from 14 on up. And also it's a benefit employment and training to all the community citizens there. Barry, in just a minute, can you share with me uh, some information about your Christmas Addicts Cultural Center and what it will consist of and how you plan to use that center along with your programs to continue on the legacy of Christmas Addicts? I'll take the latter part first, if you don't mind, and then I'll defer, if we have time, back to Jeff. Okay, But I wanted to talk about, just had a meeting today with one of the local architects firms who is designing the cultural museum and one of the key components of that is getting our young people involved to see how what what all goes in to building a building and expose these kids to those type of career pathways and we had a great meeting today we're going to be putting kids 16 17 years old on the ground to to see how this works and hopefully whet their appetite to get into that kind of career. And then carry the legacy of Christmas Addicts forward. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with all of you today. Thank you all so much. Mm -hmm.